Hey team, welcome to Authority Optional Leadership Beyond the Rulebook. Today, we took a question from one of you guys about a pretty serious topic. This is termination. When it is inevitable, what are the do's and don'ts? How do you handle it? Josh and I let this subject breathe. This is one of our longer episodes, but we really wanted to give it some space and really try to apply some of our best practices to be hopefully helpful to you guys. Cheers. Well, yeah. I mean, I think oh, uh, any, how to any manager's attrition. goal, I mean, you want to avoid terminations, not, you know, there's healthy terminations, but I think there's a flip side to that coin where, you know, you, you lay the groundwork, you build the relationship. Not only if you don't like terminations, do you not have as many, but then all the other benefits of just benefits of this culture that we keep talking about. Yeah, like saving boatloads of money because it costs tons of money to... We're talking about terminations today. This was a topic that uh, written in, written in from one of you guys, one of our audience members. Specifically, is there a way to have a conversation when it is inevitable? When you've done all of the things, you've laid all the groundwork, you've done all all of your efforts to try to keep this person from getting fired, and they either are incapable of doing the job or refuse to do the job in the way that is incumbent upon them staying with the company. So that's what we're talking today is, is how we have had those conversations. It will, we may come up with a horror story or two as well to show some counterexamples or how things can possibly go wrong. But this is specifically about when essentially you have been left no choice but to sever the relationship and free up their future. That's what we're talking about today. I'm but over gonna, here. I'm over here giggling because of the fact that I think there might be a, a few sadistic pukes out there who who think it's kind of fun to fire people. It's unfortunate. And, and flex that do. muscle. <clears throat> um, we don't ascribe to that. Um, there gonna, are there are people who it is very good to free up their future for various reasons. But yeah. generally speaking, it's not great, to, and and you shouldn't like it. <laughs> you just yeah. shouldn't. On the flip side of that, uh, somebody who has harmony in their top five, like myself, there are things that you can do and there are maps that you can create to make sure that you've exhausted those avenues. You've leveraged those resources. It literally will come down to uh, what we'll discuss as either a skill issue or just a job fit issue. And really, you're going to put them in a position where they're going to go do something that's better for them as well. And it's a pretty easy conversation when you've gone through all of those steps. So. So let's first, begin. <laughs> let's begin. Let's first lay a little groundwork. And we've covered this in a previous topic, um, actually another Q&A, where we talked about, I believe the podcast is, the episode is called um, New Dynamic Same Team. So we talked about what happens when you take over a team that you used to be on. And a lot of those same principles are the groundwork for this potential scenario and we we laid out uh, a principle, and as I recall, you actually had you kind of did this on accident, and I still like it. He's like, "There's two main things that you really need to do in this situation. Number one, document." And then you said some things, and then you said number two, document. <laughs> so it's the truth. It is the truth. Every every step of the way, if you are not good at recording things, you should work on that skill. If you're in, if you're in a, both ways. a large corporation, 
a BDC, a great corporation, it won't make any difference. Your human resources division is going to mitigate risk by having you document what you've done, how you've coached, what you're looking for. If you haven't done that, you know, we've been in instances where we've had new managers who they're operating on instinct. That's not good enough. And so we can we can potentially walk through some of those steps. You must document what's happening. Beyond that, if you're a small business owner or you have a small team in a small company, you need to document these things to protect yourself from litigation after the fact. You need to have it dated, signed, sealed, delivered, uh, and you need oh, to yeah. keep and you need to keep <laughs> <laughs> and you need to keep those records for for a good long time because of the fact that sometimes people do feel like they've been unfairly dismissed. And we're going to go through all the pieces of transparency so that you can avoid those pitfalls. And also, on a positive spin, document because you don't trust your brain, nor should you. There's too much stimuli. There's too many things happening. And all this stuff is flying around. Write stuff down. Take notes because when it comes time to do their performance evaluation or help them out with a promotion or whatever. This all applies to the good as well. It all applies towards the things that are, that can benefit them. If you've been tracking the whole time, all of the things that they have done that are accomplishments, you can do, yeah. it, it applies the same exact way. It can benefit them just as much as it can protect you should you need it. It's a great thing to point out because when you are transparent and you are coming from a place of support, they're going to recognize that this is an issue that they either need to make an adjustment or correction on, or they're putting their job in jeopardy. If you make it emotional, if you make it about you as a manager, if you make it about the fact that the two of you have friction between the two of you, there is no positive ending there. If your best case scenario is that they're gone from the company and they tell everybody how horrible you are. Where you want to come from in any situation is to take the high ground and to always be looking for that turn where they're going to make the change and realize, man, actually, they really are trying, they're caring, they're giving me the coaching, I'm screwing up. Sometimes the hardest part is just being mature enough to say, I I've got to change some things if I actually want to stay in a good culture. So this actually, that's a really nice segue into the first lesson I ever got about termination came from my dad, who was a store manager for 45 years. And I asked him one time about something just about firing people. And his philosophy was my goal. And I don't know that he said it exactly this way, because I, I don't know that I'm painting it in the picture that is as positive as it could be, because it was a positive picture. His goal was to have the person feel bad for putting him in the position to fire him by the time the conversation was over. Not that he sought sympathy. That was just the dynamic he sought because they were going to feel much better about leaving the company if they felt bad for putting my dad in this position. And if that sounds foreign to anybody out there, what this means is that you've done everything within your power and you've been transparent and they understand that this really is their own shortcoming or just they just don't want to be there and they want to be doing something else. And we talk about freeing up somebody's future. Yeah, it's it always comes down to two things. If you have to fire somebody, it's they're incapable or they don't want to. It, that's there isn't anything else. I mean, there's can we, can we trope this and call it the skill or will the issue? Skill or will. Yeah, you've heard it a thousand <laughs> times, but. Uh, I, 
I called it, you can't, or you don't want to. Yeah. So, and, and both are bad. Both are bad for this job. It doesn't matter which one it doesn't like it. Either one leads you to this, leads you down the same road, which is misery. If you're here and you're incapable of doing the job up to the standards that whatever the company has set, you're constantly feeling overwhelmed. You're, you're feeling like you're, you, this is not possible for you. Maybe you feel stupid. Maybe you, it's causing all these feelings that are probably not true. It's, I'm, it's probably not that you're stupid, but everybody has things that they're good at. Everybody has things that they're not good at. If you have a job that is heavy on math and you really struggled with math in high school or school in general, then this job is going to suck for you. I get excited when they don't want to because, well, okay, what do you want to do? And let's help you find a job where you get to do that all day, every day. And that's easier conversation. And that's a great conversation to have from a place of support. Yeah. Why would you, I I don't want anybody to be doing a job that they are utterly miserable in. Let's find something that you're excited about. So we're going to get to how we've had those conversations, the final conversations that will, that's what we'll call it. (laughs) We'll add a little gravitas to it. The final conversation. Good day to you. But leading up to that, there's, there are some things that you can do that make that final conversation much, much easier. So we've already covered one document, document, document. Um, number two, and we, we've covered this in previous episodes, care, give a damn about whether or not they're going to keep their job and express that to them. And there are, there are times I've definitely had conversations with employees in the past where I've sat them down and I've started off the meeting with what's going on. And they look at me and it depends on the person. Oftentimes by the time I ask that question, they know exactly what I'm saying, but if they want to keep playing the game, they might go, what do you mean? Well, you know, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Like, Really? Why would you say that when I ask what's going on? Why aren't you telling me, oh, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm just doing my work. Like why, why did you go switch to immediately to I'm fine. Everything's fine. Cause you know what I'm saying? So let's, let's pretend like, you know, I'm what I'm asking yeah. and let's just go ahead and have that conversation. What's going on? What's happening? Why, why is this job? Uh, why is this job a wall for you? Cause that's clearly what's happening. You have met yeah. a brick wall. You know what? Like, I'll tell you what, let me ask you, how many times have we had a conversation about X, you know, your, your timesheet? How many times have we had a conversation about your quality assurance? How many times have we had whatever the, whatever the topic is you ask them and they go, Oh, I don't know, whatever they're, they're going to have an answer based on their personality. Having a conversation, I would say if I was going to estimate halfway through the process, when you can see it, we all know. We all know when somebody's heading in a direction. That doesn't mean they're going to stay in that direction. It doesn't mean that they have to fail out. It means that at some point you have to interrupt. And so what I would say, whatever feels like the halfway point, and the halfway point might be I've talked to them a couple times. I've sort of started the disciplinary action process, or I've definitely started the disciplinary action process. And I know for a fact that if they continue on with this behavior, I know that the company will if not support actively chase down termination. So, you know, it at this point be based on their behavior and whatever, you know, of your company's procedures, that's what I would call the halfway point. There's still plenty of time to turn them around. That is the time to have the conversation with them where you plant that first seed of going, do you know where you're headed? Like, I don't know what your previous job experience is, although you should by now, 
hopefully you've had a bunch of conversations with them. But if you don't, now is the time. Like what's what's your work history? Have you have you ever been let go before? Have you ever quit before? What is what does it look like for you? And by the way, what happens in in your life right now? If you were to lose your job, by the way, you have to be very careful with this because you're not trying to tell them they're about to get fired and many people will start to panic. So you have to you have to lay some groundwork and go listen. You are not currently in danger of losing your job. I want to present to you a possible future because you and I are about to have a conversation for the fourth or fifth time or whatever it is for you and your companies and their processes. I want to know what's happening. Do you hate the job? Do you like the job? Do you feel constantly underwater? Do you feel like it's too easy? Are you not being challenged? Like dig, get into their brain, find out what's going on if they're willing to tell you. The people, I'll say this, that are easiest to terminate are the people who refuse to talk to you. Like, no, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, then this is the moment to go, let me tell you your possible future. Yeah. Future number one is you start engaging in this other behavior that allows you to keep your job or you keep going down the road you're on and your future gets freed up to go do something else. I'm not telling you you're fired now. I'm not even telling you you're currently in danger of being fired. I'm telling you that if this proceeds consistently, that's what will happen. I think something that that may help, especially new managers, is really the perspective that you're coming from. Imagine that this is, if you're a parent, imagine that it, this is the manager of your child hmm. or the manager of your significant other. You want them to care. You want them to come from that perspective of, I can see where this is moving. And there are pieces where, you know, performance evaluations, for instance, there are certain levels you have to attain. We've already had discussions. Maybe they're already on that first instance of, in our history, an informal warning. It's not the end of the world. It's just like, hey, this has actually happened for 90 days in a row. And this is serious. And, you know, we need to see progress, right? I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a word out there. This the key to a quote unquote seamless termination is transparency. Yeah, you must tell them exactly where they're at as often as you can stand, and yeah. mo- and then more more than that. And approach it from the perspective of what you would hope that your child or your spouse or somebody you care about would get from a leader, which is somebody who actually cares. It is absolutely okay for somebody to hate the job, not want to do the job, and need to move into another role. Mm -hmm. That's not, well, that's what you signed up for. You have to do. No, it's just like, okay, cool. So here's, here's how I can help you the best. I need you to step up and do the things that I'm asking you about while we help you find this other role. So this is like, this is the basic step one. You may have a conversation where somebody's just like, I'm just not happy here. I just don't like it customers yell at me. I don't like this. I feel like I'm in over my head. I don't have enough skills. Now, wait a minute. Skills is my responsibility as a leader to put you in a position where you understand what you're doing to have mentors, trainers, you know, there's things where you can step in and help. But if it's truly just not a job fit, there's no emotion here. It's just simply cool. That's fine. You know, I, I sold cars for six months. It was the worst experience of my life. I have to be constantly moving and I was standing around for seven hours a day sometimes and I talked to one person and it was like, okay, that's the one person you're going to talk to today. I hated it. It was, you know, it was, it was terrible. I sold yellow page ads. It was not a job fit. Yeah. 
And so um, that perspective of being the person supporting your child, your spouse, your significant other, you be the manager that you wish you had in that moment where you're either struggling or it's not a good fit. Now, on the flip side of that, I've had people who are absolutely abusing systems and sets, and we go back to documentation. I've had people watching movies at work when they were supposed to be doing training (laughs) who have been caught and then lied about it and then back down, and we can get into some of that more granular stuff there. And, And it's, you know... We'll, we'll get into crossing over and being clinical, but for right now, the starting point for this is this transparent communication. Yep. It's, it, it feeds everything about how to have a conversation that isn't the most excruciating thing you've ever been through by the time it comes to, you know, to let them go. Again, I mean, if you enjoy that sort of thing, it probably doesn't cause you any pain at all, and maybe <laughs> you might be listening to the wrong podcast, but... For everybody else who does not enjoy terminating people from their job, it, everything comes down to the prep. It's the whole thing is what you've said, how you've said it, how clear you've made it. I, I'll, I'll stop for a second and say there are people that that won't matter. A horror story that I've had, I had to, I was asked to join um, a termination for a peer. She was she'd done all the things she'd done all the legwork she'd talked to him multiple times and this this individual that we had to fire was i don't know if he was actually clueless but he walked around what seemed like just sort of in a fog like in a very social unaware fog she talked to him dozens and dozens of times about the behaviors that he needed to improve in order to keep his job and he would always just sort of be agreeable and go yeah okay yeah okay yeah okay And so unfortunately came as a great shock to him when he was terminated and she kind of had the sense because she was a good leader. She knew people. She had the sense that he might not take it well. And she was like, I, this, and this was rare, especially in a BDC, like there's lots of protections and lots of things in place. You wouldn't expect this, but she was like, I actually fear him physically a little bit. And so I was asked to join for possibly a little bit of sense of physical safety. So uh, absolutely. I was on board. Yeah. Yeah. Interjection here. You should never be terminating someone without another manager taking notes for you in the room, documenting what's happening. And that's to back you up. That's for proper documentation for the company. And, you know, I've never been in a situation where (laughs) I'm going to caveat this because this is a privilege of mine. I'm a 230 pound, six foot tall man. I have never been in a situation where I have felt threatened, but I've absolutely been in situations where it's a must. You must have somebody else documenting it so that you have somebody who can corroborate the story. Um, it and comes also, down to a simple word, witness. It, and that's exactly where I was going. Yeah. Somebody somebody who can bear witness to the the behavior, the pushback, the you know, the the lack of ownership. Those are the worst case scenarios where somebody has no ownership uh, mm-hmm. in in what's happening. These are those instances where you absolutely need to have a witness so that you can be certain that you're protected as well. The only downside to it is that if you walk into a room with an employee and there's two managers present, they're usually going to immediately know what's going on. And that's okay. It's okay. It should be okay if you've done all the prep work. By the yeah. time you walk into a room with two of you, they're like. Oh, today's the day. 
And that should be their thought. Oh, yeah. today's the day, not what's happening. You, there's, there's two, <laughs> two extremes that have happened if they're confused. One is the individual I was describing that seemed to require from my peer some physical safety, clueless and just in total denial. That is a that is a brand of person that they just deny reality as much I don't know as as much as they seem to get away with. Yeah, that is one extreme. The other extreme is that you have not prepped them. If if you haven't prepped them, that's on you, and it it may come back to haunt you with your documentation with your human resources division. I have had the instance where somebody's like, I don't understand, and I've literally had to draw upon the documentation where a peer of theirs was giving them coaching and they made statements to their peer, which we talked about immediately, by the way. Mm -hmm. They made statements to their peer. Yeah, I'm just trying to placate things. I'm not actually going to do what they're asking because that's not how I do things. Mm. We're talking six months in of coaching 52 pages of documentation and they're still like, well, I I don't understand why I'm being terminated. They do... They make things up. They're Mm -hmm. making it difficult. They're trying to give some sort of plausible denial. You must document the the pieces and the steps as you go along. There there can't be any room for them not understanding. I have had it happen in other instances, though, where it's simply the first of the month. And we've, we've hit, and they didn't make the goal. And there are the two managers in the room... And they're like, I'm sorry, I didn't make it. I really did try. It's like, I understand. And it's not it's not the best job fit. And you're a good person. Yeah. And you don't and owe us an apology. Yeah. Like, you don't. It's it's OK. It's you know? just a job fit situation. If let's, let's look at it with a really dumb analogy. Let's say you're trying out for an Olympic team. I am not a sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to make it. But if I try and I put in the effort and I get the coaching and I try and I'm I'm putting in the effort and I still can't make it. There is a reasonable expectation from the companies that actually pay us that we perform at a certain level. And we've talked in the past about where it's not a reasonable expectation as far as how, you know, performance may be, etc. And that's a whole different ball of wax. In this instance, if it's just not a good job fit or they're not accomplishing, it is what it is. I've had people actually be like, yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't hit it, man. I I really, I enjoy it. I enjoy you. I enjoy the team. This clearly isn't where I'm meant to be. And I understand you got to do what you got to do. And we sign the paperwork and I escort them out as a friend and as a mentor, as a resource that they can call upon where I can't say when they're using me as a reference. And I have had people I have terminated use me as a reference where it's a character reference. They're a good person. They will put in the effort. If they find the job that that actually ticks the boxes for them, you won't be able to stop them because they care. They're a good human. But then, you know, I've also had a background in some pretty hardcore sales. And that's not for everybody. No. <laughs> I, similarly, I, I have a friend today, one of my best friends, I fired. I, or at least, I mean, it was, uh, there were a couple levels removed from me, but I still... I conducted it essentially like I, I stamped the approval on it. And before they got to that point, I had a conversation with the person. Listen, you're doing pretty well in all but one aspect of the job. Unfortunately, this one aspect of the job is very important to the company right now. And yes, I'm going to level with you. Has it always been important? No. Will it always be important? No. Is it important right now to the company? Yes, absolutely. 
it's transparency. Yeah. And not, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just telling you that things progressing the way they are, you engaging in the behavior or not engaging in the behavior as it were it at this moment in time will motivate the company to let you go. And, and he said, all right, you know, give me X number of months. I think it was like two months. And if I don't hit the number, I'll totally understand. And I was like, done deal. Like you got it 60 days. And the time came and it was the smoothest termination that ever happened. He's like, yep, cool. Practically cool. resigned. Yeah. Do I need yeah. to sign anything? Like, no, he wanted to be fired. I mean, yeah. at that point he's like, all right, I'm going to write it out. Cause he was still, even in those yeah. 60 days, he was still good at the rest of the job, but he was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and collect my unemployment. You know, like let's be real. We're being adults here. Right. If I quit, I'm not as eligible for, I'm not as Correct. likely to be eligible for unemployment. So I'm going to ride this out. I'm still going to do right by you guys and do well in the rest of the job. I understand that the company doesn't tolerate this particular lacking. Uh, you know, give me two months. Basically what he was asking for was probably some time to set up his affairs and see if he could wrap his brain around giving it a shot. This one thing. And by the way, the thing the company was asking for was stupid. I still to this day don't yeah. agree with it. That's um, rough. But it was, it was a call for warm transfers. You're, you're in a customer service department and we had a requirement to certain number of those calls had to be warm transferred to a sales department. It's a God awful metric. People don't want to be, we've already covered this. People don't oh. want to be sold to when they call in a customer service. And not only are you required to try to sell to them, you are required to try to get in, to get, to get a certain number of those people over into the hands of a salesperson who is now going to drill them for whatever squeeze them for whatever yeah. they can and this guy was like yeah no thanks and i said yeah i get you man i if i were on the phones right now i'd probably be in a very similar position i don't agree with the metric yeah. unfortunately it's over my head and i you have know, to we had we had one metric that <laughs> it i mean it's a have to right it, it was quality assurance um, if you weren't hitting quality assurance that meant that you weren't doing things like asking for permission you weren't. You weren't protecting the customer's yeah, privacy. You or weren't. The, or the yeah. banks or the customer. The companies. You were, you were violating SEC regulations, basically, yeah, basically. In, the, in the financial world. Yeah. And and those are things where uh, you know it just might be where you mentally drop it, and there is no room for that. This is the banking industry. This is people's finances. There's Federal a lot regulated. on the line here, yeah. and and so there was no room, and there was no discussion, and it just simply was it. You know, you hit this. If you hit it again, you'll be on an informal. If you hit it again, you're on a formal. In the third month, you're fired, and there's nothing I can do about it. Right. There's nothing I can do about it. Yep. So the additional training, the additional time, listening to other people and the words that work and, and how we do that, you must build a culture beforehand that is built on connection and actually developing skills in order to have the smooth transition. If you want to have a smooth transition, but you as a leader are not willing to put in the work to develop individuals, to get them what they need, to help them thrive and remove obstacles from them doing what they need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a you problem. And you're going to be maybe terminating a lot of people. And it may be it may be your fault in that instance. Again, perspective, do what you can Treat it, treat it like the situation where you hope that somebody who's important to you, that manager would step in, give them what they need to thrive and either they can do it or they don't have the skill set to do it. But it should never be because they were 
denied because they didn't get the time. They didn't get the investment of time. And some people are going to require more than others. And it's up to you. And this is actually, I would say this is a specialty of yours specifically. Identify when somebody's going to need more time and effort, which essentially is going to look like you're giving them a little bit of special treatment, but it's either going to, it's going to pay off one, one of two ways. Either they're going to come around and you will be able to show for your work. Hey, I put in the extra effort and now this person is rocking and rolling. They're doing great or they're at least doing fine. They're meeting all the minimums. Um, and from here they now have a launch pad to do well, or you're going to go, I did everything I can. And this will show not only the person (laughs) that I did everything I could, but it will also show HR and your company. I, I don't, I've tapped all my resources. So really the key to is seamless. If there is such a thing, termination is all in the prep. How prepared are they? How, how warned have they been? How transparent have you been? How clear is everything for them? Because then at that point, if you're doing all of this stuff, the only people who will ever cause you just, who will ever cause you trouble when you're terminating them are the people who are liars or they are maybe (laughs) we're going to have some fun with this at the end socially challenged. Like they're like the, the aforementioned person who just denies they're denying reality. Yeah. And you've talked to them a dozen times about this one thing and you've put them on a verbal and then you put them on an informal and then you put them on a formal. When you put them on a formal, you said, listen, the next step here is out of the building. Do you understand that you're signing a document and you don't even have to sign it. I'm presenting you a document. You and I are having a conversation that if this behavior continues, you will not keep your job. Do you understand? And they may say, yeah, I totally get it. And then when you fire them, they're like, what's happening? Like, yeah. You're still going to encounter people like that. But those, if you've done everything right, those will be the only people that cause you trouble. If you've never worked for a large corporation before and, and you have a smaller company, I highly, I don't even, I couldn't say recommend. Um, what's a stronger word than recommend? I would implore you <laughs> to nice. create a process around documenting and putting people on steps based on documentation of you didn't hit this we need to hit it within you know you can you're if you're the boss 30 days 60 days 90 days whatever you're comfortable with build into that that you're gonna need to sometimes spend time whether it's a one-on-one or having somebody else in your company who's really good at at the thing that this person is failing at step in and coach and lead And build that into your process so that when you get to that point where you're dismissing somebody, it is literally just like, we didn't make it. We didn't make it. Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, um, it's funny. I'm actually getting emotional about that. I've had instances where I've had to let people go where it freaking hurt because I felt like I let them down. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't. I did everything within my ability. I had to go to my peers for some support in those instances because it sucks. But if you're a good leader, you are, you're still going to feel like you missed something because it's your job to, to get, it's your job to make sure that they're covered. It's your job to make sure that they're trained. And if they still faltered, if they still couldn't quite meet it, if you're a good leader, you're always going to question, was there something else I could have done? Yeah. And that's the right question. 
And then beyond that, helping them find that next role, what they are good at. If you've, again, if you've built the culture that we've talked about with with building your leadership style and culture in, in our first five episodes, please, if you haven't yet, start from the beginning and listen to the first five episodes where we really talk about laying out your leadership and how to build this culture that we're discussing. When you do that, you can simply be a good human and support people and try to get them to where they're going to thrive. And I've said it in those episodes somewhere, I don't care if it's inside these walls or outside these walls. That's not what I'm here for. As a leader, I'm here to remove those obstacles from you becoming who you're supposed to be. That doesn't have to be in this job. It may just be that you're developing skills while you're here or you're paying the bills or you're getting yourself through school. It could just mean I'm doing my part to remove any obstacles that I have any influence over. Yeah. It might be a short period of time. You might not be here that long, but in that time, I'm going to try my, my claim to fame was I'm going to make your job as easy as possible Yeah, because then it becomes a habit and habits are easy and habits are reflexive and you get real good at them. (laughs) Let's, let's shift gears to your worst case scenario because these are, these are all, these are all better case scenarios where people know it's coming. It's transparent. Let's, let's talk about some shit shows. (laughs) Okay. Um, I have, I have a couple of instances one in particular, though, and we're going to talk about how important a witness is and how important you getting your ducks in a row and, and actually having the, I'm going to use the word evidence in this case. Yeah. And by the way, this is, again, all that documentation is not for nothing. You you should be prepped. And yeah. even if you're going into a situation where you feel really confident that that person's going to go, yeah, man, I, I gave him my best. I guess it's just not a job fit. Thanks for all your time. I really appreciate your effort. You should still be prepped for that person. That's just respect. Yeah. Like do your job, do it well. And part of doing it well is if you have to let somebody go, be fully prepared for the conversation. Yeah. Well, this instance, and I'm, I'm going to try and keep this short because, um, I don't like talking about stuff like this. Okay. Um, this this individual was supposed to be doing some training. It should take about 45 minutes. If you've heard Max and I talk before, we knock training out early and often so that when those instances come up, people can do things that really revolve around coaching and growth and learning. Um, I've had people read during those time periods when they've already finished training to read a book that we're, we're working on some particular thing when they're one-on-ones, things like that. So real growth moments. This individual, rather than doing the training they were supposed to be doing, were watching a movie at their desk <laughs> on the floor on their phone. Uh, one of our team leads, a team lead would be, you know, our right hand as a leader that, that was helping us run a team walked past and saw them watching a movie. And they just mentioned like, hey, I don't know if, you know, we're not supposed to be on the floor in this instance during lunches or breaks or anything like that. I, they they were great. They said, you know, I don't, I don't know what was happening, but this individual was watching a movie on their phone and I walked back by and they were still watching a movie 45 minutes later. I went and I pulled the schedule and they were supposed to be doing training. Mm-hmm. I went and I pulled the training and the training was done the day before. They tested out of the training. It took them three minutes. So we need to have a conversation. Yep. So um, I did get a witness in this case because this individual had 
a reputation at this point for being fairly confrontational. They they enjoy doing things their way, and I'm not opposed to that. Except that's a nice that, way of saying that. Yeah, well, and and it's okay when it's not negatively affecting other people, or you're not abusing company time, getting paid for watching a movie. You don't even need the second one when it's negatively impacting other people. Period. We're yeah. we're done. We're like, we're in a we're in a center where we're behind. People are waiting to talk to somebody. You know, there's delays in calls, etc. We need we need people on the phone. That's what you're here to do. There's a reasonable expectation that you'd be. Um, doing your job. <laughs> also, you're uh, you're visible to other coworkers, and everybody's watching you do nothing. Fuck off while they're working hard at their job and taking care of customers. Like that's that's a negative impact, and it so, shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> so I grab a peer of mine, and I schedule a time slot, and we go into a conference room and just point blank ask him, "Hey, you know, a, a team lead recognized that you were on the floor yesterday, that you were watching a movie." And I just wanted to get your take on it. Seems kind of odd that you'd be watching a movie on the floor uh, during work hours. And I, I th- if I'm remembering correctly, the response was um, something along the lines of like, yeah, I was I was on a break. And I'm I said, well, chestnut. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great chestnut. And my response to that was very clinical and very forthright. And I said, well, I checked your schedule. You were supposed to be doing a training. Is there a reason you were taking a break when you were supposed to be doing training? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I had the I had the training done already. So are you clear that there would be a reasonable expectation that if you finished the training that you would get back on the phone and help our customers as opposed to watching a movie during the training? No, that's not, you know, that's, isn't that my time? And it's like, well, no, it's not your time. It's like, well, you know, I, I finished the training and I just figured I could just be off the phone for the rest of the time. And I said, Help me understand the second piece where you actually finished the training the day beforehand. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? I was doing the training. I finished the training that day. This is lie number two. Mm -hmm. And I spun my computer around and I showed him. And this is, by the way, if you've listened to all of our episodes, I'm one of the onboarding managers. I did the debriefs. I interviewed people. I actually sat down there. I told them in class while they were training that we can see everything. I can go ask for an investigation and pull every keystroke if I had to. Dear God, please don't be the person that makes me ever have to go to investigations to pull one of those because that's just stupid. Mm -hmm. And I just spun the computer around and I said, here's the training schedule. Here's where you did the training yesterday. It took you three minutes. I'm assuming you tested out of it because you already knew it. Right. So you took your training time and you decided to watch a movie. And then that's where it turned. You've had it out for me ever since I joined your team. It's like, and then my counterpart stepped in. God bless Scott, because (laughs) I'm feeling it at this point because I've been lied to twice. Mm -hmm. And Scott says, there is a reasonable expectation that if you are done with your training, you are supposed to be on the phone assisting our customers. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Well, but it's, you know, and all these different excuses. And and what it turned out to be was a situation where that individual left at lunch. They didn't come back the next day. Mm-hmm. We have a 48-hour policy. If I haven't heard from you, I'm I'm contacting you. If I haven't heard from you after two days... I'm contacting your emergency contact. The The premise of that is 
I think it's a duality. Um, I call bullshit on the big dumb company we worked for. We want to let them know that we care about them. Bull crap. You want to make sure that you're using every avenue you can to get their ass back in the building. Yeah, we're going to cause a little discomfort. We're, yeah. gonna, we're basically calling their mom. Yeah. And and that's funny because that's I think that's exactly it was either his mom or his fiance. Our our demographic for that job skewed younger. Yeah. And yes, emergency contacts were often parents. And so this this was not the first time that this individual had done things that I would call shady. Right. But I'd never been able to do anything in those previous instances because again, perspective. I didn't have my ducks in a row. I didn't have evidence. I had to go by what they said. Mm-hmm. So this is an instance where I had evidence. They lied. They they understood what the perspective was supposed to be. They could have at any point just said, oh, yeah, I, I thought that if my training was done, the time was mine. I've clearly screwed up here. I'm glad you're addressing that. That's a crucial part of this. At Ownership. Any, <laughs> at any moment in time, the person just could have held themselves accountable and said, yeah, I think I screwed up. I made a bad choice. This just would have been a coaching moment. Yeah. But and they, they probably only documented, not even a warning nothing, of any kind. Just, all right, well, nothing. we've had the conversation. We're good. <laughs> That's what it would have been ultimately was just simply a documented discussion of you can't ever do this again. Do you understand? What happened was this person never came back to work. I ended up calling their emergency contact. Mm-hmm. I get a phone call that says, don't call them. And I said, dude, are you okay? Which, again, at this point, I kind of didn't care if they were okay. If I'm being honest, it was like, if you've quit, let me know. And they sent me a text message that said, I don't work there anymore. Leave me alone. I was was able to take that and document it and send it to HR. And that individual quit because they couldn't be transparent. They couldn't be forthright. They couldn't have a conversation. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch in the background there. This is a very extreme circumstance. I mean, this, this individual missed work and went on to a formal documentation because of the fact that they wanted to play in a flag football league on a Saturday afternoon and they were supposed to work. This was a 24 seven arena. Well, till 11 PM at some points. Anyway, they lied. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, you post things on Facebook cause you're dumb. <laughs> this is the only thing, by the way, the, that I ever really pursued termination was being lied to because as we've talked about, I'm a pretty flexible leader, you know, that same scenario. If that, whether, if that person reported to me, if they, whether they were a leader or when, when I was taking care of sole contributors, if the answer is, okay, I think I messed up. This is my mistake. I made poor judgment, whatever. Then I would go, I got your back. Don't, don't work. Don't sweat it. I I'm that same exact scenario where it was perfect grounds to terminate the person. I would have treated like, let's just not ever have this conversation again. Like you get it. You did, you did something. You made a, you made a bad, you made a mistake. You made poor judgment. That's all it is. Can we agree on that? And can we move forward now? And and in the future, if if you want to do something, just ask, man, like I'm here to protect you. I'm here to try to make sure that your job is as easy as possible. But I also am here to try to help you keep your job. And I can only do that if you're open with me, if you're transparent with me, if you're letting me know what it is that is going on and what it is that you want to have happen, I will tell you, I will be transparent in return about what things I can and cannot do for you. And we both have to work within boundaries. This is a job. 
in America where there are laws and rules. Like, let's just pretend that we're adults and we're doing the thing. You be accountable. I'll be transparent. We're good. Yeah. Uh, I've got a second story and it's way shorter. So I'm going to go ahead and share it. All right. Um, individual who basically goes down the line is on an inform and unfortunately in a call center there's one thing that I can't get around it's attendance it was pretty generous right in a 6 month period you could it was either stupidly either generous. be late or not attend yeah. 6 times before you would be in trouble and there were there were fractions you could do a half as a, a partial like yeah it was i can very i flexible. can literally count every day that i've not been able to come into work on one hand with the exception of being a parent and having sick children at home which mm-hmm. there's nothing i can do about sometimes that stuff comes up in this instance his um grandma died And so I went looking for the obituary. He's required by our policy to provide either an obituary or a death certificate statement. That's harsh in my, in my opinion. It changed. Eventually it changed until you got past the fourth grandparent. Yeah. All of a sudden we could ask for some documentation. (laughs) When you've got 250,000 employees like this institution did, you have to have a policy in place. Yeah. Um, and so, um, when I asked for that, I, I, I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, one of the requirements that I have to have, that I have to fulfill is I, I need to ask you for the obituary. I know, like, take a week, whatever, you, you do your morning, you do, you know, I just, I just need it at some point. They never provided it. Hmm. I went and looked. His grandma died <clears throat> six years ago. Hmm. I found it online on the Googles, and hmm. it was six years ago. And uh, I asked him about it one day at work, and it was kind of that prelude, like, what do I need to do here because of this same situation? Never came back, called his fiance. He said, don't ever call her again. I don't work for you anymore. It's these, these individuals who are really um, dark. They aren't open. They aren't transparent. They won't ever fit the culture because they don't, they don't add anything. They're strictly in it for themselves. They're easy. They will walk out the door because of the fact that you're just simply holding them accountable to the things you all agreed to, to hold accountable to. And if we're being fair, maybe they're just that person for now. Maybe that they just sure. haven't grown up enough yet to realize that they can be an adult and be accountable and go, listen, I missed this time. I, I just didn't feel like coming to work or whatever. You know, what are the consequences? What do I need to know? What do I need to do to fix it? Because a person who's being sincere, like the kind of person that we all want on our team is the kind of person that's going to call us <laughs> instead of saying my grandma died. They're instead going to say, I don't want to come to work. Is there anything you can do to help? I would entertain that question all the live long day, <laughs> all the live long day, because yes, queen, what, what, what is it about your job you don't like? Why don't you want to come? What's happening? Is this an outside influence? Are you depressed? Like, is it something we're doing? Is it the nature of the work you're doing? Let's have a damn conversation. But my grandma died. Dude, you're the reason we have a policy because you're being a shifty punk. Like, like if I'm remembering this correctly, his daughter was eligible for the state track meet and he just wanted to go to the track meet to watch his daughter run. And Which, he decided way, he decided to quit his job instead of just going, dude, how do I go see my daughter's track meet? Yeah, and we probably would have worked it out. <laughs> we probably Especially would have been over backwards. In my group. 
Yeah, we we had things at our disposal. You got to understand, like he could have traded that work day with somebody else that had a different day off and just traded days and worked on a Saturday instead of that Friday and gone to his daughter's track meet. It would have been that simple. For context, I had the authority in my site for a good long while to override PTO requests, meaning if the system, that's what normally governed our employees' PTO requests, if the system denied them, I could override the system and give them the time off anyway. So we called that override. The average override percentage for most sites was 20 or 30%. Yeah. Mine was 400. (laughs) And this individual lost his job because he refused to simply ask for time off, which he probably would have been approved because this is what I liked to do. Hold on. This is going to sound strange to a lot of people that don't understand what we've been talking about now for three or four months with this podcast. This is not a situation where a rule is being broken. And yes, Max also had to answer to why you're at 400% versus 25%. All the time. We had the number one site in the world with the lowest rate of attrition for over five years in a row during this stint. Because people trusted us and we trusted them and we built the culture that we're talking about. I was writing about that. I actually showed you something this morning. I was writing about this. Successful businesses and connected leadership are not mutually exclusive. You do not have to be cold. You do not have to be calculated. It does not have to be my way or the highway. You can actually sustain a beautiful, mutually based culture where people care about one another and be the best of the best. Yep. Me lecture. Uh, don't fall off that podium when you're (laughs) dismounting. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta do my backflip. Solid, solid. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. So let's let's wrap this up with what what can that conversation look like when there's no alternative? The inevitable has come. You have to have that final conversation. So if you've done the prep, you've done everything you can. You're dealing with generally speaking, we'll call it a spectrum. We won't say one of two people. We'll say a spectrum of people on one side of the spectrum is the people who are acknowledging that they've been fully prepared. They're being an adult. They're being intelligent. They're, they're being responsible and they see it coming in and they watch two people, two managers walk in and they go, Oh, all right. I guess today's the day. Thanks for all you've done. I, you know, I respect the position that you're in. That's fine. Cool. Let's, let's move on. On the other end of the spectrum is the person who will never understand. There's nothing you can do. Don't care. They don't care. They don't care or there's maybe something going on. They're emotionally challenged in a way that it's not in your purview to understand or have to do anything about it. It's not this out of your pay grade. You're not their therapist. You were their boss. And in that case, maybe it's their parents that were shortcoming or, or maybe they're just... Maybe they're just wired in a way that's always going to make this challenging for them. And there's, and again, nothing, it's out of your hands. There's nothing you can do about it. So the conversation tactics, number one is we've already covered this care. Do not go in cold hearted. Do not go in calloused. Listen, we've done a lot of work. We did our best. I, I don't think this is a job fit. And, and you can ask them like, do you think there's anything you, I mean, you're, you could be opening yourself up. So you got to gauge the situation, but you could ask, 
do you think there's anything else we could have done? And if they go, well, I think I could have spent more time. I go, okay. And this is where I said, we've talked about before, be prepared, be prepared for all of the possible outcomes. You've been working with this person for however long you've been working with them in order to watch them walk themselves into a position of needing to leave the company. You better know them by now. So you should know, you should have in your mind some of their objections that they're likely to pose. So one of them might be, well, I don't feel like I got enough training. Okay. Well, let's talk about that because most people get six weeks of training. You got that. Most people get an hour a week. You got that. Beyond that, you have also gotten an extra hour a week. You've been sat with by your peers. You've been done. You've done side by side coaching, like have all of your ducks in a row and go, what else Let's, do you think we could have done? Let's pop that in there because we didn't talk about that in this process of documentation. Um, one of the biggest things that I did that led to this both success of saving people's jobs as well as documenting it for, for when it would hit, I would ask them, you know, around this skill, what do you need? Uh, well, if somebody could sit with me, if they could work with me, how often do you need somebody? What do you feel like would be appropriate? Well, could somebody sit with me for like a half an hour a day or maybe 45 minutes every other day, something like that to help work on this skill? We would put that in place and I would have coaches, whether it was, you know, a coach from another team, my team lead, uh, somebody who was trying to build up their own resume of coaching within the team who was fantastic at that skill set. And we would document that fact. And that individual would sit with them. They would work with them and they would go back to their desk and send me an email of in the last half an hour, I heard X and Y and Z and they demonstrated the ability to do the behavior. They didn't just demonstrate the behavior and we had a correction here. They were able to do it on the next three calls, etc. And you document all of that and documentation is yeah, is crucial. But I know, I know we haven't them, hit that enough. Let them build their <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is let them build their own program on what they need. Yes. Let them let them tell you and then give it to them. Critical step. Absolutely. I'm glad that we hit that. Um, yeah. Ask them what they think they need and have have done that ad nauseum as much as as much as as allowed, basically. So step one is similar to one of the steps in coming up through this process, which is be prepared. Anticipate their objections. You should have some sense of what kind of roadblocks they're going to put up in this conversation and have the answers, have the documentation sitting right in front of you, be able to spin your document or your computer screen around and go, listen, look, look, this is, this is the average. This is where you land. This is what you asked for. This is what we gave you. Do you have anything else at this moment in time that you think we could have done? And is there a reason that you didn't tell us that's you're, you're essentially asking them to walk themselves to this conclusion And if you're prepared and you have all the data and you've done all the things, this is why we, this is why the last 10 minutes of this podcast is the actual conversation. And the first 50 minutes is all the things you need to do up until that conversation, because everything is prep. And if you're ready, that conversation is going to go as smoothly as, as it possibly can. I don't imagine it's ever easy to terminate somebody's employment, but you can certainly make it as smooth as possible for both parties. And what I'm always trying to do, this is the core of it. It's my dad's philosophy, not to make them feel bad, but to understand the position that they have put me in, not for sympathy. I don't want, I don't want them to feel bad for me. I want them to understand. 
These are all the things we've done. What I really want them to walk away with was, wow, I guess that just really wasn't the job for me. That's it. I don't want anything else. I don't want them to go, Max did it, you know, did everything. No, I don't care. I don't care if you walk away with a good opinion or a bad, bad opinion of me. All I want you to walk away with was, I guess that just wasn't for me. That's it. Because it's so harmless. We try sports sometimes where our our bodies don't cooperate. Well, I guess that's not the sport for me. Some people go try golf and (laughs) the ball ends up in the pond and and in the beach and in the forest or never leaving the team. you've played golf with me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And you just go, I guess maybe golf isn't my sport. (laughs) Or I need to put a lot more work into it if I'm ever going to play this sport professionally, which is what you're doing when you have a job. You're playing a sport professionally to some varying degree, and you can choose jobs that are easier than others and so on. Especially, you can choose jobs that are easier for you. A termination means a failure, and I I want to stress this very specifically. Failure is okay. It happens. It's part of life. It's how we learn. It's part of experience. Failure doesn't mean that you are a failure or that that person is a failure. It means that one or the both of you failed to do something successfully. We do this all the time. It's part of our daily life. There there are fails. There are near misses. There are successes. A, a person could have failed to choose a job that made the most sense for their personality and skill sets. You could have failed as a leader to present them with all of the things that would have made them successful in that venture. That does not make you a failure or them a failure. It just means that this thing, this attempt is a failure. That's okay. This happens literally every day in sports. One of those teams failed because the other team succeeded to win. That doesn't mean it's they're a bad team. Now, if you string together 20 or 30 failures, yeah, maybe you have some work to do on becoming a better team. Again, doesn't make you a failure. So I use that word and I'm beating it hard over the head because get comfortable with it. It's okay. The best teacher in the world is failure. Success doesn't teach you shit. You just you like, all right, I guess that worked. But if you lost the race, you get to look back and go, what could I have done differently? If you won the race, you don't have to look back and wonder what you did differently. This is this is a huge payoff to the type of cultures that we want to build, the type of cultures that people want to work in and how that motivates and moves people through things. If you are doing the steps all along the way in this person's journey, whether it's six months, a year, two years, If you know them, if you know their strengths, if you know what makes them happy about the work that they do, what really happens is that the worst case scenario is this job didn't work out and they are better prepared. They know who they are. And when they go to look for their next role, you're really setting them free to go do the things that they want to do on a daily basis. And that's really the mentality that is optimal to walk into that kind of conversation with. So As far as direct tips, there's a couple things that I would do walking into that conversation. Number one, I would ask them straight out, do you know why we're here? Like you, you see Josh and I are sitting here together. You know, that's not normal. Do you know why we're here? Like, let's just have you say it out loud. If you're willing, are you brave enough to say it out loud? Because you probably know. So you just ask, like, do you know why you're here? And if they say no, like, okay, um, well, we're having, we're, what we're doing right now is we're having a conversation that's essentially 
a culmination of all of the conversations we've had about this particular behavior or set of behaviors. Do you have any questions so far? Yeah, yeah. What, well, what's going on? Okay, well, the, this, is, this is where we're terminating your employment. Don't beat around the bush. That's another tip. Don't, don't, don't mess with it. Don't hem and haw. Don't delay it. Tear the Band-Aid off. Let them know what's going on immediately as soon as possible. Don't, don't dick around. And once you've got that part go, do you, do you have any confusion as to why you're being let go? Let, ask them questions. Let them have their say like, well, I don't understand. What don't you understand? Do you recall the 17 conversations we've had about this thing that we told you you needed to improve? Is is you know you you asked us to do this and this we did those things and above and beyond that we did these things like you know what what question what else could we have done like the whole point comes back to my my dad's philosophy which is get them to have to be in a position where they and this is just an end game it's not really. It's like a philosophy. It's not really, you're not trying to make them feel bad. I want to stress that. You're not trying to get them in a position where they feel sympathy or empathy for you. But if they do, it is a damn good indicator that they understand. That is what you are seeking, that they understand that it's not the job for them and they have to move on. And if they apologize to you for not hitting the mark or not being able to get there, for the love of God, be benevolent and let them know. Absolve them. Yeah. It's, you know what? It reiterate it's okay it's it's not a reflection on who you are as a person we put in all the efforts this isn't the right fit for you have the conversation about their strengths go back to the things that they love in their life and maybe even have some options on on where they can look for things that you know will be things that they'll be excited about heaven forbid that this is some harsh hard thing as opposed to Two people talking about what's in their best interest, which as a manager, hopefully you're doing that every interaction that you have with them. You are trying to find out how to accomplish things that are in their best interest. I'm going to flip something on its ear. We, we're a little tongue in cheek sometimes. And, and the catchphrase that, that you've all heard at the end of every show is if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Terminations suck and they should suck because you should have put all of your effort into doing everything that you could in this instance. It's acknowledging failure. Yeah. And so in this one instance, maybe there's others that we'll get to, but in this one instance, I'm going to say, if you're having fun doing a termination, (laughs) you're doing it wrong. Fair. Recap on uh, difficult termination conversations. So we started with leading up to the prep work because the prep is everything. The prep is 90% of any version of a smooth conversation where you have to let somebody go. Um, rule number one, document. Rule number two, document. <laughs> That's that it works in both directions. It works for their benefit just as much as it can work for liberating them from their current job if that is the necessary path. Above all else, over everything, care. You must care. If you don't care, you might be in the wrong field. Uh, be prepared. This is respectful. This is a huge tenet of this. Uh, and and this, is, this goes for a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of aspects you may have about your job, but especially if you're going to terminate somebody, if you've been put in that position, be prepared. Like Scar said in The Lion King, <laughs> 
necessary. And it just shows that you respect the gravity of what's happening to them. And if nothing else, it shows respect. Everything should mostly be based on your preparation, which is you've done all of the work to show them all of the ways to fix things, to get better at their job, provide them training, provide them extra coaching, all of the things that you can possibly do. Now, once you've gotten past the prep, if you must have the conversation anyway, I'm going to repeat, be prepared. Part of what I mean by this in this particular conversation is anticipate their objections. Hopefully you have gotten to know them by now. Hopefully you have studied this person as a human. That's your job as a leader is to know your people because knowing your people is knowing how to motivate them, how to help them through or over or past the obstacles. So anticipate their objections. And again, care. You have to care. If you don't care, you might be in the wrong field. Last couple things. When you walk into the conversation, be direct. Tear the bandaid off. Don't do it douchely. Do it with care. <laughs> you just, you, you just have to. Making up words today. Whatever. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? Say what's happening as soon as possible to the beginning. Ask them if they understand why they're here. Ask them questions. The idea is to help them understand. That is the overarching goal in a conversation, especially in termination. But almost any conversation is you are trying to help them understand what's happening. And if they can walk away with some kind of understanding or at least acceptance, then you've accomplished your goal and you've done a good job as a leader. Oh, 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 oh,